as the torciadores quietly rolled their cigars and the despaliadoras stripped the stems from the tobacco leaves. They were entertained, informed, and inspired by literature and the daily news. So began the tradition of El Lector, the reader. This is the El Lector podcast. Stories and cigars from the exiled South. Hey everyone, welcome to the Elector Podcast. This is Mark, here with Victor. Hello. And we are joined tonight by Josh Roque. Josh, can you, uh, welcome by the way, can you Thank tell you. us uh, what it is that you do? So, I am one of the brand managers at Drew Estate. Um, we do premium cigars. We're mostly known for Acid, Liga Bravada, Undercrown, and a few other brands. Awesome. And you have very generously brought the, the sticks tonight, so what are we smoking? Today we are smoking the Undercrown Dogma. And uh, this is a collaborative project that we did with Cigar Dojo, a pretty known, well-known blog out uh, in the West. And uh, so this is an extension of our Undercrown line. So uh, the wrapper is Mexican San Andres, the binder is i believe connecticut stock cut habano and the fillers are from nicaragua awesome mm. it's a so it's about a six inch it's a box press yep. it's excellent wait have you retrohaled it yet i have not i i did want to say this is like the most intensely box press cigar i think i've had in a while yeah the, this this thing looks like a crew cut yeah well, like if I was a drill sergeant, I would be smoking these all the time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So a brand manager, that's what you said? Yes, sir. So what does a brand manager for Drew Estates do? Um, for the most part, we deal with uh, brand development. So any new product releases that would be under our scope, uh, managing said brands after they release, uh, making sure that we have correct inventory, working with our production team and sales to make sure that, you know, the correct amount of cigars are going out to our end consumers and to our retailers. Nice. So, uh, how much of it is taste testing? 60%? So, the benefit of being a brand manager <laughs> is that um, no product can actually leave the company and be released without uh, sign-offs by various people, of which is started by the brand managers themselves. That's excellent. So, we get to test all the all the cool blends, all the stuff that our master blender does, um, says, hey, look, I've got this. You know, you guys want to try that out. Unfortunately, since uh, since recent times, our, our ability to do so has been uh, kind of hampered because of the way that uh, FDA regulations are growing. Are you – and so we didn't set this up. We didn't send a list of questions or anything. I'm, I'm curious, though. I remember, like, was it two years ago? The um, I was on the, the Reddit – our cigar subreddit this was back before reddit like they changed the rules recently so you can't actually trade stuff we used to be really active and like i sent some people five cigars i got at my local brick and mortar and i got back 10 cigars i think three or four of which were cubans like it was awesome mm -hmm. and, and people would buy boxes together it was a really cool community and then reddit got bought by i don't know hearst publishing or something and 
So now you, you can't do that. Right. But <laughs> I remember um, the conversation on there at the time uh, when the F- FDA made these changes. It was something about a brand had to have been around for so many years at, as of 2014 or something uh, like it's that. It's actually – so there's actually two um, time periods. So brands before – um, 2007 are considered grandfathered brands so they don't have to go through any sort of application po- process they're just considered they were always there um, brands that were made before 2016 are um, kind of like in that provincial space where um, they don't have to go to th- through the application process immediately um, but at the same time you know down the road when these FDA regs, um, which haven't actually kicked in yet, but when they do kick in, uh, we'll have to make applications for those. And so they have to get approved by the government via their uh, whatever they decide as yeah. far as the, the recommend or requirements are. And then brands that are made after 2016, which of which nobody's actually tried yet, have to go through this, the gauntlet in order just to even see the light of day. And the likelihood of that is, is slim, everyone's thinking. I mean, just right. no one's even tried it. Right, time. so they haven't developed the testing processes yet and stuff. So, um, you know, uh, we're still up in the air as to what's what we need to do or what, we, what must be done to get uh, cigars out into the market. So we'll see when it actually happens. Cool. So I retro-held mine, and I felt like like I ate a box of Good and Plenty. Um, it was very so. Is that tasting notes lively. of Good and Plenty? <laughs> <laughs> so I as no, no, notes of leather. Notes. <laughs> I, I I can taste some uh, vanilla Madagascar. Uh, I think oh I no, Madagascar no, vanilla. I'm sorry. I got a lemur in there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't. But some what, of our cigar blogs, some of our cigar <laughs> writers that we we interact with uh, regularly are very colorful with what they describe <laughs> as uh, tasting notes. And I've heard uh, fruity ple- pebbles used once. Oh my gosh! Mm. Yeah, and uh, that cigar sucked. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, know what cigar that was. I'm sorry if it was a Drew Estate cigar, but I disagree. I'm with actually that. thinking like how would a cigar t- or how do fruity pebbles taste if you're smoking a cigar over breakfast? Somebody in America is doing that right now. <laughs> I actually have stories about that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you all about pizza flavor. <laughs> this has hints of pepperoni and bacon. A little bit of uh, green peppers. I'm getting whole fat mozzarella. Three, four, five cheeses. Maybe. Some marinara. So what would be the, the flavor profile that you'd say for, for the dogma? So uh, I would say that this is... Uh, a medium to full-bodied cigar. Uh, the notes that you'll get probably are on the earthier and woodier side. So um, you're going to get some leather uh, to be a little bit uh, blunt. You're probably going to taste some dirt because, <laughs> you know, the earthiness is essentially dirt. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, do, do they literally fold dirt into this so that it tastes that way? I mean, it grows in the dirt, so <laughs> one would assume that there is a little bit of dirt in it. <laughs> huh. Mm. It's good. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's a tasty cigar. It's one of my favorite in the actual Undercrown line, which I don't actually manage, by the way. Oh. That is managed by our uh, senior brand manager, Anfan. Shout out to him. Excellent. Because he'll probably listen to this. <laughs> I, so I wanted to ask you about acid, because my understanding, I don't think I've ever smoked an acid cigar, but my understanding is that's kind of a lot of people's entry into cigars. Correct. So acid cigars <laughs> are, we're actually celebrating our 20th year of acid cigars uh, this year. And so um, 
you know, we're doing uh, cool new releases based on that, um, which will be released probably or press released in like three days. So oh, cool. You wow. guys get the breaking story on that. Wow. Um, the likelihood of this being released before that is slim. And that's why I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you about it now. <laughs> but um, as far as entry level, yeah, I mean, I've got dozens, dozens of guys come up to me and say, hey, my first cigar was a Cuba Cuba. Or yeah. an acid blondie, and you know that's how they started off. Um, my personal f- first cigar was the uh, Punch Rothschild. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, of which, um, you know, being the novice cigar smoker I was at the time, I decided to uh, smoke the whole cigar in uh, about eight minutes. Oh my gosh! Which uh, didn't end well for me. So i sat there in the front porch of my parents house just you know he dry heaving for <laughs> 15 to 20 minutes it's the mark of a good cigar right there. exactly yeah. <laughs> well i think if your first cigar doesn't cause you to throw up you're doing it wrong well you're actually doing it objectively right but you know <laughs> for the story you're doing it wrong yeah, for the, yeah i mean everybody trades there oh my first cigar was this and my first cigar was that i think my first cigar was a uh, oh a black and mild Black and Miles. If that counts. Yeah, for, for me, I didn't, um, yeah, Backwoods, quite often we'd get Backwoods. Well, it's like, uh, in order to not feel like you smoked cigarettes, you would get Jarum Blacks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Clove cigarettes. I remember when I smoked those very regularly. Yeah. And then from there, it, it kind of blossomed into Backwoods and Black and, black and Milds. Um, and then... Then it was like whatever the gas station had that looked like a real cigar was mm-hmm. the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> so funny thing about Jarm Blacks is uh, back in the day when I was a cigarette smoker, or before I was a cigarette smoker, I would smoke Jarm Blacks, and I could inhale those because, I don't know, maybe wow. the clove kind of uh, deadened your tonsils or something. <laughs> um, but then when I started working at a call center, because this was when I was working at a cigar shop, but I started working at a call center for uh, a pink mobile telephone company and um they uh they were my co-workers were kind of offended by the smell of clove cigarettes so i switched to regular cigarettes <laughs> that's so courteous <laughs> yeah, of you. you know because i still want to take the smoke break but i just mm-hmm. obviously i couldn't smoke the jar and blacks anymore and uh i actually couldn't inhale them without coughing every time i inhaled so i would inhale it cough and inhale it again and cough. Like, it was very much a signal that I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. 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 But I still kept going. And so one of my coworkers finally just points out, like, every time you smoke a cigarette, you look like you're going to die. You probably should stop. <laughs> so It's good stuff, man. I remember yeah. in college, um, I was jealous of, like, the camaraderie of the cigarette smokers. Like, they would always be hanging out. Like, I, I'm from Indiana. And so college was cold for most of the year. And so walking into the dorm, they'd always be hanging out there about, you know, five feet in front of the door. And I was just like, man, like these people just hang out all the time. (laughs) Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) What part of Indiana? Uh, I went to Ball State University. I'm from Hammond, Indiana. Really? Yeah. So is my wife. I just remembered that we texted about this. We yes, told me yes that. we did. <laughs> so I was like, I would very, yes. <laughs> yes, I grew up in Hammond, Indiana. So Matt, one of our other co-hosts who's not with us tonight, he, he just also did. L- listeners, you can't see this, uh, Josh reached across the table and grabbed Mark by the lapels as he said that. Uh, 
<laughs> so Hammond, Indiana. I, I think it's remarkable how many people know about Hammond, Indiana in, in, that I run into in Miami. Like, I remember within months of moving here, I actually was at Scully's Tavern, which is very near to my house. And um, it was a Monday night football game. It was Bears someone. And I was there in a Brian Urlacher jersey. And uh, the guy sitting at the bar next to me, he goes, oh, you're from Chicago area. I'm like, I'm actually from Hammond, Indiana. He's like, no way, I'm from Munster. It's like next to it. Like, it's right there. And I was just like, it's, I don't know. That kind of stuff just blows my mind. It happens all the time, it feels like. And, yeah, we've known other people who have no relation to your, like, social circle back there yeah who happened to have grown up 10 minutes from you yeah 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 like yeah one of the first people i moved i met when i moved here uh happened to like she knew a bunch of people i went to kindergarten with like it's just it's crazy how how you know the circle is unbroken it's almost yeah it's like a exchange program or actually i don't think anybody from my no no one from my no. goes there it's a one-way exchange <laughs> if that's if that's the yeah. correct term <laughs> if they do go there it's been a terrible mistake <laughs> <laughs> somebody's convinced them to a college that they probably shouldn't go to somebody has that the blog in of a, a current hammond resident who grew up in miami i would read that blog actually if, if that exists please please share that to me uh, <laughs> so how long has your wife lived here i'd like so she's lived here since she graduated. So she lived in Hammond for pretty much all of her life or all of her teenage life. And then uh, for her senior year, she moved to Michigan. And then from there, um, went to college in Tennessee where I met her. We fell in love and, you know, she followed me to Miami because Miami is a much better town than than Hammond, Indiana. Take that. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I will say Miami's an upgrade. I don't know about Michigan. <laughs> it depends on the part of Michigan. Um, but the Tennessee, yeah, same thing. Depends on the part. There's some yeah. beautiful places. So I, I have a love-hate relationship with Chattanooga, you know, um, and it's changed drastically since I left it. But uh, it's actually where I first started working in cigars. I worked at a little shop there called Burns Tobacconist. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I always got the, imp I mean, I think growing up in Miami, you get the impression, or at least I did, that cigars were a Cuban thing. Or almost like... Well, I mean, they like kind of are. Yeah, they kind of are. Yeah. But, like, the idea of somebody smoking a cigar in Chattanooga, Tennessee never struck me. Right. And that's the cool thing about cigar smoking in uh, in the United States. So, cigar smoking outside of the United States is still a thing that, you know, the wealthy do. So yeah. Bond villains, mostly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, but here in the United States, you, we've kind of made it so that it's accommodating to anybody. Um, that's one of the things that we highlight about our our brands is that, you know, we've got blue collar workers that smoke them. And uh, this cigar was actually blended by um, the factory workers that we have in Nicaragua. That's awesome. Um, but likewise, you know, we've got tons of policemen. Um, we support one of the uh, the cigar charities out there called cigars for warriors which uh its goal is basically just to put cigars in the hands of uh of deployed soldiers and marines and sailors and all the rest of them i think the airmen too so that's covered all four of them seamen seamen <laughs> but um but yeah so that's the cool part about cigar smoking in the states but i mean there's still brands that are catered towards the wealthy um of which we don't have many if any of them uh, are, are are you allowed to throw shade at other brands i am allowed to throw shade at other brands oh but, gosh i've been waiting for this <laughs> um <coughs> please, but please. i choose not to oh 
the high road. Um, because number one, I see these people on a regular basis. Ah. And uh, number two, um, they could make my life very difficult I if see. they wanted to. So. Okay. So without sharing names, is there any? Uh, <coughs> well, let me put it this way: If I and, and this is would be no insult to whatever brands these are, but if if I wanted to look like I know what's going on, I'm smoking the classiest cigar. I probably have a boat, and I want to kind of <laughs> signal to other gentlemen in this you know high end cigar shop that that I'm one of them. Well, that I can identify. Um, those people would probably be smoking Davidoff. I was going to say, that's, that's Davidoff. You're describing um, that guy. Based on price alone. Uh, and that's, that's not to say I don't enjoy Davidoff cigars. I actually buy them pretty regularly. You know, I get my cigars for free and I'm still buying cigars. Um, so that's kind of the cool thing about our department is that we're all cigar geeks. So we kind of chase cigars anyways, even though, you know, we have cigars that are chased themselves. Mm. Okay, so we did an episode... <coughs> um, uh, Victor, you weren't there that night, but we did an episode, Cigar of the Year, and I didn't actually smoke one, but a few of the guys got the EP Carrillo um, Encore, whatever, the 2000, so Cigar Aficionado, if you're not familiar, every year they come out with the top 25, so uh, I've had 2016, it was the Andalusian Bowl, it's actually probably the, my favorite cigar I've ever had, um, and I, I, to this day, I think I freaking love everything I've had from LFD, which, with one exception, I really didn't like La Nox, I didn't like that one at all. But, uh, like, one of my go-to sticks, and we've talked about this on the podcast a million times, is the Double Lajero Chisel mm-hmm. Tip. Well, that's funny, because that's one of the ones that I smoked regularly when I was in Chattanooga. Yeah? Yeah. I, that's just a fantastic cigar. And I actually think that the Chisel Tip, I don't, like, so, you know how sometimes you can kind of sense a gimmick? Mm-hmm. I actually don't think that the Chisel Tip is, is that at all, because it's very functional. Well, the, the cool thing about it, and I don't know if uh, anybody out there has actually smoked it, is that you can actually take... The torpedo side and kind of pinch it. Yeah. And it'll open the cigar for you without having to cut it. You don't I, need a cutter, and it's like the perfect draw. Yeah. So I still cut them because, yeah. you know, it's just my nature to do so. But, you know, oh, that's no, the cool I'm thing about this. I'm going to do it because the guy who knows a lot, so he does it. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, most of the the people that actually make the cigars, the people like that blend the cigars, the, the way that they'll open the cigar is they'll literally, and you're not going to be able to see this, but... Um, they'll take their thumbnail and just kind of like hmm. rip off the cap and then light it with a Bic lighter. And that's that's essentially what they're doing to taste the cigar. Does, does anybody bite off the end of the cigar? Um, no, it gets really messy doing that. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually recommend that unless it's like a last re- last thing. Like <laughs> if you just recently cut your nails, then yeah, you're probably going to have to use your teeth. <laughs> you just but got a manicure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, smoking. I was gonna think if you if you're you're next up to tee off and uh, you've got your glove on, <laughs> <laughs> just use your cleat. <laughs> just use your cleat. Don't try to bite it off because it's not gonna work that well for you. You're gonna be like, this is a mistake immediately. So I have a question that I hope is not indemnifying, but do the different cigar companies that you've interacted with is there like a discernible culture that is different, like? Working for Drew Estate feels way different than working for LFD or something like that. Oh, yeah. So, so the cool thing about the cigar industry is that it's very familiar or family-oriented. So you've got, for instance, the Padrones. They're pretty much family-run. Um, uh, Don Pepin runs his by his family. Lido, like once again, yeah, family. Very family-oriented. These are old-school 
you know, Cuban um, artisans that basically, you know, were exiled from Cuba and started to make their own brands um, to kind of make a name for themselves again because they were known back there back then for making cigars. Um, so you've got a lot of that old, um, almost like Little Havana uh, feel to some of these uh, companies. Uh, Drew Estate, by, on the other hand, was... Uh, created by two New Yorker dudes who decided to do a push cart in uh, the base of the World Trade Center and sell cigars to businessmen. Mm. So, and they're both very eclectic guys, um, Jonathan Drew and Marvin Samuel. Um, I was hoping so you'd say Jonathan Drew and Marvin's estate. Marvin estate, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also hoped that that was part of the story. <laughs> That's how it came to be. <laughs> um, no, but so, you know, they kind of, they kind of just rounded up all the misfits together and we've created this um this family kind of so to speak you know not because of blood but just because of the common goal that we all wanted to do cool cigars together and we're all uh, kind of weird in our own way so um it's funny that you'll see like you know that havana type music you know salsa and, and merengue playing at some of the booths at the ipcpr which is actually uh starting this saturday so i'll be going to vegas for that and then Meanwhile, you've got the Drew State booth who's playing, you know, uh, old 90s hip hop. <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. And, you know, we've got, they've got nice wooden mahogany, you know, right. displays. And we've got giant water towers up there, you know, <laughs> signifying that we're from the city. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's cool that even though there's differences between, you know, the upbringings of these different companies that, you know, we still kind of have this camaraderie that we're all in the cigar industry together so um you know our other brand managers will you know chill out with some of these other manufacturers uh pretty regularly um the cool thing about by being in miami is that they're all kind of here um mm -hmm. with the exception of a, a handful so you'll see them um as you're going to these cigar shops just running into them that happened to me just um a couple weeks ago i was at at um, the, the shop I go to the most, and uh, there's a guy wandering the aisles, and I'm I'm looking for a specific cigar, and he's like, "Hey, what are you looking for?" And I told him I was like, you know, at the time I was trying to get the Intemperance from Roma Craft. It's one of my favorite kind of lighter, like um, um, the Connecticut wrapper stuff. And he's like, "Oh, okay, that's good." He's like, "You should try this." And I, honestly, I'm terrible. I don't remember what brand he was representing. But um, I, it was it was a very much a local brand because like he walked out with a couple of the employees to his car and had bundles in his car and he was passing them out to try and stuff. Was he like wrapping them? He did himself? not give me a free cigar. I feel ah. confident that had he done that, that's why you don't. This would have been a very different yeah. conversation. Right. Well, I, I took a an abbreviated tour of the the Drew Estate offices, and I, w I was taken aback at how how much it felt like. Uh, when I used to work at an advertising agency and kind of this like free spirit, lots of, you know, stuff on the walls, lots of art. And uh, for some reason, I imagine that a, a cigar office. Are you trying to say there's a lot of smoking at the uh, advertising agency? Wink, wink. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well, funny, funny story as an aside. <laughs> you, we all remember the truth campaigns. I think I told you the story. Um, truth campaign that uh, came out of Florida um, was one of the more successful ones. These and are the anti-smoking. The anti-smoking ads. Successful in what way? Well, <laughs> in that they claimed at least that they helped reduce smoking in Florida, 
and, and they made it an impression. I think one of them that they came up with at this agency was the one where it's like a bunch of people lying out in front of a tobacco company, like they're dead, like in the street, like a flash mob kind of thing, and very provocative type stuff, which they always are. And I got to meet the uh, the head copywriter on those ads. The guy had kind of had like hatched this idea, and uh, really cool guy, really funny. And smoke two packs a day. <laughs> so the truth campaign works. Yeah, it totally works. Well, I mean, he knows who he's talking to, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's an expert. Don't be like me, kids. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, cigarettes inspire creativity. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's cool, though. Like, it, that's I'm, the I'm not, ideal. I'm not saying that in case anybody's listening to this. Well, but I was going to say, like, you're describing it, comparing it to the ad agency, and I think that when, like, I work at a law firm, and I like I have to dress up every day. And it is the worst. Mm. And um, like, like I will choose to go to our other offices because there are no clients that come into our other offices, just attorneys basically. And then you can wear a polo. I can wear jeans those days. Mm. No one's told me I can wear jeans, and I hope no one from my work listens to this, <laughs> but I do wear jeans those days. And this is how casual Fridays get mixed <laughs> yeah. off the menu. And, and I am allowed to work from home one or two days a week, and I never choose Friday because that's the day I get to wear jeans. <laughs> so I will maximize my do, jean do wearing. You, do you have to wear jeans at home? Uh, it's encouraged. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> I do have to wear a shirt because I have to remote into a video call every Friday. So you're like a like a newscaster. Like you don't have to be wearing pants or anything. Correct. Okay. Yes. That's the life. I mean, it's only a couple of days. Today yeah. I was there all day. Oh, fun! Dressed fun, up. Fun. But but so I, I uh, that that rabbit hole just to say that I think it's the ideal workplace culture is to imagine that you work at a an ad agency or maybe a yeah. tech startup or something well, you, you, know? you, you want to work at a place where you'd hang out anyways yeah so i had previously worked at a nonprofit before i worked for drew estate a nonprofit cigar company a nonprofit uh <laughs> children's charity i also charity, worked in a nonprofit. Yeah. It's when i was uh, my own boss that was <laughs> terrible it's no profit at all <laughs> we were saving the squirrels um <laughs> no so uh i was required to wear um, a shirt and jacket almost uh, every other day because I was in these meetings. And so when I walked into Drew Estate, I actually was wearing, you know, uh, your typical accountant's garb because I, I was yeah. an accountant before. So I was wearing the uh, the dark blue suit, you know, the the striped red and blue tie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my shoes matched my belt and um, <laughs> the white shirt. Oh, and yeah, I, I as I walked into, <laughs> And I walked into this office... And um, the person that was interviewing me, my future boss, was in like a T-shirt and some jeans. And I was just immediately like, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I sit there and then all of a sudden it becomes the most professional interview I've ever had. But I can't I can't focus because there's somebody screaming in the background about just some random stuff. (laughs) And like literally like and I think it was about Taylor Swift because she was playing (laughs) Taylor Swift. (laughs) And uh, and the guys in the office were like, stop playing Taylor Swift. And she was like, I'm not going to stop playing Taylor Swift. And I'm here trying to explain how I know how to do pivot tables <laughs> while this is happening. So it's like, yeah, you know. That was all part of the interview. Yeah, it's like, Can yeah, you write Excel staged. macros? How I many... will not stop playing Shake It Off. <laughs> how many interviews have happened since you've been there? Where's the, the, the Taylor Swift argument is staged? Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift. <laughs> So from then that's on, some next level stuff. Man. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is like a one off thing. So I come into work then you know, when I, my first day of work, I'm still wearing a jacket and a tie and they're like, 
who is this guy? Like, <laughs> why are you here? Are you one of the Bobs? Like, <laughs> do I need to explain what I do here at Drew State to you? <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Needless to say, now I just uh, go into the office with jeans and some sort of shirt. Stop bragging. Mm-hmm. How many years have you been there? I've been there since 2013, so I guess wow. this would be my... I'm not good at math. I'm an accountant. That's not yeah, good I was math. just going to say. Six, six years? Wait, six we years. need Excel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pivot table this. <laughs> how, how have you seen the cigar industry change in six years? How have I seen it? So it's... um. It's gotten way bigger, I thought. Hmm. Like you, you There's know, been some consolidation, right? Yeah, there's been con- some consolidation, but the brands are still coming out, and uh, new guys are still coming in, um, which is surprising to me because it was like, how did you manage to skirt the FDA regulations? But I'm not going to ask those questions. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, 10 years ago when I first – actually, it wasn't 10 years ago. It's almost 13 years ago when I first started smoking cigars um, – Pretty much everyone either smoked Cubans or um, Arturo Fuente and Padron. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the the old Cuban brands, the Monte Cristos and stuff yeah. that people still smoked. But for the most part, like there was no such thing of as like a boutique um, industry back in the you know the early to or the late two thousands. And so now this is blown up. Like you've got people like um, Illusion, Skip Martin, who you mentioned about Roma Craft. You've yeah. got um, Kyle Gellis, who does Warp Cigars. You've got, you know, a bunch, like Caldwell. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bunch of brands, too. They have some pretty fantastic labels, like their bands. Right. so cool. So we got, actually, the privilege of doing a brand with them. It, it was called Hollow Kings, and that was one of the coolest packaging things that we did. And, um, but, like, they're bringing that kind of innovation, like, you know, new packaging designs, uh, less of the gold medallion type of bands and more yeah. of the cool, you know, old school Cuban bands or, you know, like the All Out Kings stuff. We just, mm. have you seen these Cisneros by Leaf? Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, each one has a canvas on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like one tobacco blend. Marcos and I actually just talked about this on one of the last episodes. But um, there's like, the cigar is the same, but there's four different boxes and the box is a, a painting and the the whole wrapper is, like if you un- unfurl it, it's the painting. It's really cool. Right. Mm. So Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff happening. So in that way, it's changed. You know, the, the it's not just a bunch of you know legacy cuban rollers anymore or cuban blenders it's you've got you know everyone that that maybe has a a taste for it or you know some cool idea that they're coming out with cigars so that's what how it's changed since then well yeah it sounds like kind of what's happened even with with cuban food um, or different kinds of foods that are like traditional foods and that uh people will say like oh that's not real cuban whatever but doesn't stop restaurants from experimenting and coming up with new things and i I would imagine that even the the typical cigar smoker is a bit different than it was 13 15 years ago right it it seems to me well i mean and i guess this coincides with the time that i've gotten into cigars so it makes a lot of sense i guess but it seems like it's younger and younger like it's not who you'd expect at a cigar shop right Mm. yeah especially in miami so in miami like it's You've got the old guys, um, but at the same time, now their sons are walking to stores kind of like being curious is, hey, my dad used to smoke cigars. What what, what would I um, what, what would I like? And so you've got these shops that are basically um, showing the hobby to all these new cigar smokers. 
Yeah. Who are adults, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the grown children. Yeah. Grown adult. <laughs> this this is not the children's nonprofit yeah. that you're over about. eighteen <laughs> and in some states over twenty one. <laughs> So what are you most excited for? You said the ICPCR. Did I say that? Well, right? now it's the PCA actually. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about that, it, like it, it was the ICUP, I think. IPCPR, okay. the, <laughs> the International IP- Pipe and Cigar Premium. No, wait, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers or something like that. But now it's PCA. It now was, it's PCA. It was ICP, and they call themselves Juggalos. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before that. <laughs> And that's how it's we really came to be. a really interesting pivot. Speaking of Michigan. <laughs> we, we were <laughs> speaking of Hammond, Indiana. <laughs> hey, now. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Can you pass the Fago? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's there's always the the um, the coolness of seeing, you know, what everybody's going to release. Um, everybody's kind of in the middle of, of showing the industry you know this is our new releases and we're kind of in in the middle of it you know i just mentioned that we're gonna we're gonna release a cool couple of new brands and which you'll know about by the time that this is uh out in the air but but to see that you know is awesome as a cigar geek um the other thing that i enjoy being there is that you know when you work in the cigar industry it's kind of hard to get out in a way like the you'll always find a way to be in the cigar industry if you want to so, you know, people that have, you know, left Drew Estate end up at these other cigar companies. And it's always great to see your old friends um, being there, kind of making jokes, uh, seeing who's gone up and who's gone down, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. That's cool. Are there certain uh, trade secrets that need to be like, like the herbs and spices? You know, apart from cigars are just dried up rolled leaves. Ah. <laughs> 100% tobacco. <laughs> um, the, so the cool thing that they're going to do is that they're actually thinking of doing a consumer day. So I, the PCA, which is what it's called now, is actually mostly for cigar stores to see the new products and purchase um, at the show. But they're actually thinking of doing a consumer aspect of it. Um, and right now its name is called Cigar Con. Because you know everything has to be a con now. Of course. <laughs> and so, what what are the best cosplays at Cigar Con? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed up as Jonathan Drew today. <laughs> but sexy Jonathan Drew. <laughs> oh my god. This is how I lose my job, boys. <laughs> but but that's gonna be um, wild and crazy. Because if there's one thing, um, you generally don't want to mix your your customers and your end consumers. Because, you know, you can only kind of put your focus on one or the other. Right, right. So when they open up that one day, it's going to be chaos, really. Cause so, like, the first couple of days are going to be about, here are your profit margins. Here's, you know, like, that then, kind of info. And, and then, then you've got the last day where people are going to be like, oh, what does this one taste like? What does that one taste like? <laughs> I taste fruity pebbles. <laughs> That's cool. As we wrap up, are there any... any um, any anything we should be specifically looking forward to as as the the com what what's the, the word the the, the con I, the, the con c- it's not wall conference it's PCA the, con- the, P- the PCA it's a convention con? it's the really convention. convention that's yeah, what it's short for mm-hmm. wow yeah. but um yeah I mean like there's gonna be cool stuff coming from us uh, we've got we just released today um, La Coalition which is a collaboration that we're doing with Crowned Heads 
that I have the privilege of heading up with oh, uh, awesome. between the two companies. And then on top of that, you know, from from us, you can expect some pretty cool stuff that's acid related. Um, maybe one more undercrown at least. So very cool. Nice. Well, Josh, thank you so much for for being here and and for bringing these fantastic cigars tonight. And it was uh, my we'll pleasure. Look forward to the news. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.